This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello and thanks for listening to today's Kent Online podcast. I'm Jamie Long. It's Monday the 14th of February. And first today, a man who smashed eight of his victims' ribs in an attack with golf clubs before stabbing him in the face has been convicted. For more on this, I'm joined by our reporter Lucy Hickmott. And Lucy, we're told Damien Catchpole exploded into vicious and brutal violence. Well, yes, Jamie, one witness heard the 43-year-old say he was going to play golf before hitting Michael Griffin with his clubs inside his own home in Margate. This all started after three neighbours had been drinking in the flat of 53-year-old Tanya Vella when Mr Griffin left following a row over a spilled vase. Later, Vella knocked on Griffin's door before punching him twice in the face, then smashing his head into a wall, leaving him unresponsive. Vella then continued to kick him and stab on his thigh and face. And then after Michael Griffin regained consciousness, it's understood he crawled back into his property, but the attack didn't end there, did it? No, Damien Catchpole was seen heading into Mr Griffin's property, where evidence suggests golf clubs were used to beat him and a knife was used to cause injury to his face. The victim was taken to the QEQM hospital in Margate, where he was treated for nine days. Catchpole and Vella, both from Trove Court in Newcastle Hill, will be sentenced later this year. Lucy, thanks very much. Next, traders in Canterbury say they're worried an increase in car parking charges could destroy the city's retail sector. The plans will see prices rise to £3.50 an hour at the most popular car parks, with the hope of raising extra money for council services. But shop owners say the move could prove counterproductive and drive shoppers online instead. A man's been charged with attempted murder following a stabbing in Tunbridge Wells. The victim remains in a stable condition at a London hospital after he was attacked in Upper Grosvenor Road on Saturday. A 21-year-old from Hadlow is being held in custody. Kent Online News. Now, a volunteer police cadet has been praised for his quick thinking, which helped save a young girl's life in Medway. Kieran Stratton Keevil was walking to a group meeting when he found her in pain at Great Lines Heritage Park. He looked after her and provided first aid while they waited for an ambulance. He's been speaking to the Kent Online podcast and told us exactly what happened. I just came up along this path here, and that's when I saw a young lady that was in quite a lot of distress. Obviously, she could see, you could see she was in quite a bit of pain. There was a gentleman with her already. I believe his name was Stefan. He had just rode his bike down and I walked over, asked if there was anything I could do to help. Stefan turned around and said that she was in a lot of pain and that she had taken some drugs. So I crouched down, got to her eye level and just started talking to her, asking her a few questions like, where's the pain? What uh, sort of drugs did you take? All while I'm asking these questions, Stefan was then phoning through to the ambulance. And as he said to me, due to having an accent, he passed me the phone. And while I was on the phone to the ambulance, he then made sure that she was all right. So we just took it in turns, making sure that the young lady was okay. And while, 
Stefan was waving down the ambulance, I just started talking to the young lady. Spoke about anything really. We spoke about the type of music that she liked, what she wanted to be when she was older. I believe we spoke about Green Day for a while. I mean, not a lot of people are trained in first aid and which is, is quite odd to me because I'd prefer it if everybody was trained in first aid and mental health as a whole because the world that we live in at the moment mental health is so vivid and so diverse with the amount of different ways that it can affect people we all need to know what how we can deal with it um sort of what was your sort of initial reactions sort of as you say um kind of your training kind of kicked in quite quickly yeah what it was um because obviously when you first walk into a situation like that you do get that sense of fear but after a while you need to block out that sense of fear and you need to i would say crack on with helping the people that need your help because it, as long as you're safe and the environment around you is safe they are your main priority i mean i've been trained through a course of public services in Midkent college and i've also been trained since the age of 15 with the volunteer police cadets they teach you everything from first aid to how to deal with certain levels of mental health even just being able to talk to someone can actually defuse the situation and bring them back to a more, or try to bring them back to a more positive light. Well, Kieran's been contacted by the girl's family since, thanking him for helping and was told she's now doing OK. Next, a Kent charities told the Kent Online podcast they can't see any positives in cutting homelessness funding. Kent County Council's proposing to cut the £5 million Kent Homeless Connect service due to what they call significant and rising costs. Paul Todd is from Catching Lives in Canterbury and says more people are needing services across the county. Now that the uh, restrictions have come off, in the main we are seeing a larger amount of people turning up on a regular basis and, and this is obviously putting a strain on our services to a degree. More and more who are in need of food bank support, who are in need of um, advice and guidance about how to manage debts and so on, because simply the you know, money, uh, sorry, the cost of living is rising a lot faster than are the, uh, the, the wages that people are getting. We need to be able to move people off the streets into accommodation with as much speed as possible because it cuts down on the other costs that affect it, you know, the cost on health service, the cost on, you know, on um, temporary accommodation, which far outstrip permanent accommodation. We don't know how it's going to work without it. Um, we need to know, we need absolute certainty on how we're going to get our message across for our clients, because we're always going to be here to advocate for them, no matter what. But it's, uh, you know, how that's responded to. Well, KCC say they're determined to bring the service to a safe conclusion and will be working closely with everyone involved. A teenager's been arrested following an attack in Ashford, which left a man with head and facial injuries. He was allegedly assaulted after intervening in a fight involving a group of people in station approach. The 19-year-old suspect has been released under investigation. Elsewhere, a teenage boy has been seriously injured in a crash while riding on an e-scooter near Dartford. A car was also involved in the collision near Asda in Greenhithe on Saturday. Emergency crews were called to Station Road. The boy is now in a stable condition in a London hospital. The Kent Online Podcast with Ball in Maidstone. 
Now, staff at 44 universities, including Kent, are beginning up to 10 days of strike action in a row over pension cuts. They're angry about plans to reduce their guaranteed retirement income by 35%, and the University College Union says pay and working conditions in general have worsened. Well, Phil Welbrook's been speaking to Claire Hurley from the Uni of Kent. This week in particular, it's a real shame because actually um, university management, so vice chancellors across the country, had a real opportunity to step in and uh, prevent those cuts to pensions. But unfortunately, they haven't taken it at the moment. We came up with a very reasonable deal, um, which the kind of trustee of the pension scheme even said was reasonable and acceptable. Um, And we're just waiting for basically vice chancellors who meet as a body called UUK to just accept um, our proposals, which they haven't done. So we're on strike again, um, which feels very unnecessary, given the fact that we could have very easily come to an agreement. This is obviously going to cause yet more disruption for students. This was a big one we had at the time back in December. We even had a a student on uh, who was saying that he couldn't get a hold of his lecturers. Um, Just just talk us through that kind of, you know, you want to get the, the point across. But at the same time, you've got to take the hit of disruption to students. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it seems at the moment that the only way that these vice chancellors and managers of universities listen to us is if we take these kind of extreme forms of strike action, which is a real shame, because obviously we all love teaching and doing our jobs in universities, um, and we don't want to (laughs) be disrupting anyone. And we also just want to get back to the classroom, get back to our office and continue that work. But at this point, I mean, someone like myself, who's an early career academic, I'd be facing a 35% cut to my pension unless I went on strike this week. So there's just no kind of option, really. There's no alternative at this point. But as I say, there is a very reasonable deal on the table, um, which will be decided on next week in terms of pension. So we're really hopeful that after this one week of action, um, that managers will see sense and accept that deal. And then there'll be a new valuation of the pension scheme next year anyway. And all these things can be resolved. So in terms of the pensions, we're, we're pretty uh, hopeful, but the kind of broader issues as well, we're, we're, we're striking over uh, next week and the following week are also over kind of equalities issues, pay issues, things like casualisation and precarious work, which are much more deeply rooted issues in the university and may take longer to, to solve. But I think those are issues that also really impact students. So we found that students are much more on side with us over things like the gender, race and disability pay gaps that exist because they're massive in universities. Um, so, yeah, we're having a student uh, march next Monday. So we're going to get students on side talking about some of those issues as well. Now, low income families in Kent won't have to pay more towards their children's school bus pass this year. The cost is going up for most parents from September as the council looks to save money. But those on free school meals will still get a discount to help the most vulnerable households recover from the Covid crisis. Residents near Dartford say boy racers are making them feel like they live on the set of a knockoff Fast and Furious film. At Kent Online, you can see a video of the latest disruption on Crossways Boulevard in Greenhithe over the weekend. There have been various complaints about noisy late-night car meets. Police and the council say they're working to tackle the issue. Kent Online News. Next, young and deaf people in Kent are being encouraged to get involved in a theatre project looking at how they've been affected by the pandemic. It's thought it could have left some even more isolated if they don't live within families where everyone can do sign language. Workshops in filmmaking, editing, 3D art and visual storytelling are being put on by theatre company D-Live. Artistic director Stephen Vevers-Webb has been speaking to the Kent Online podcast via his sign language interpreter, Cathy. For 
deaf young people and deaf teenagers who like going to community events, being with their peers, all of a sudden, you know, they'd be perhaps one deaf young person in their, their family home. And they kind of lost that community interaction and they're able to interact with people and, and, you know, use sign language together. We thought it'd be nice to create a project because there's a really strong deaf community here. There's quite a lot of deaf community members, whether that's adults and children. And we really wanted to create a project that really explores deaf young people's identities, their sense of worth and how the COVID pandemic has affected them. We really wanted to create a project that really explores deaf young people's identities, their sense of worth and how the COVID pandemic has affected them, but also how it's changed them, how it's influenced them and what they think now about their futures. There's gonna be a series of weekend workshops where deaf children and young people will come together physically and we want them to lead it. We want them to share ideas and really communicate together and decide what direction this project will take. We're using digital skills and digital resources that it might be a performance that they want to create, it might be a film that they want to create, and we will have also some masterclasses as part of the project about how to put a script together, how to use a, a camera. Well, the project's launching at the Thomas Aveling School in Rochester this month with the workshops in Chatham during March. Now, here's one for Valentine's Day. A Gravesend couple have proven it's never too late to find love. 89-year-old Beryl and Peter, who's 90, struck up a romance after meeting at Edward Moore Care Home. Both of them are widows and say they've been given a second chance to be happy. And finally, in football, Gillingham took home a points from their visit to Morecambe after a one-all draw. A goal from Ryan Jackson wasn't quite enough to hand on for the win, with a battle between the two teams inside the bottom four of League One. Jules boss Neil Harris says his team needed to do more. Obviously, when you won one away from home with four minutes to go, um, there's, there's a tinge of disappointment in me. Um, but we didn't deserve to win the game on, on, on the level of play. No, I've got to be honest, um, we, we didn't do enough to win the game. Um, um, Morecambe had a lot of the football and caused us too many issues other than from a couple of set pieces in the first half. Um, I think what I just highlighted today is that, again, I've got a group that are going to give me everything, that can dig in and, and, and defend, and, and we've got moments of quality. We have to be better with the ball, that's for sure, um, because we give ourselves too many problems uh, when we turn the ball over cheaply. Um, positives, I've been here 11, 12 days. 12 days and again we look like a team that was was willing to fight well organized structured um, um, but again the same group of players that have pretty much played it every minute of every game since I've been here barring Danny Lloyd because we've just we just haven't got the, the, the strength in depth um, at, at the moment with the injuries um, so all I can say is two things firstly to my players seven points out of 12 um, on the back of three wins and 27 years is a great achievement for the players and secondly to the fans that come again and got behind us again for the fourth game in a row to praise them especially if I understand a few issues on the way up um, the longer journey um, the message is positive it's another point another bit of momentum um, and um, a tough place to come here but the, the players want to play you know that they want to play for me and they, they want to play for the club and, and they wanted to have a go someone like Ollie Lee for example needed to come off the other night shouldn't have played today um, but he did wanted to play I played him and we had to get him off Dave Tatunda shouldn't have played today um, you know Vladane Oliver 
miss a chunk of the season. He had 10 days off before I come in. He's just played, you know, it's his third game in seven days. So it's a massive ask, but we are what we are at the moment, squad size-wise. Um, and again, just I can only praise praise the, the players and, and the whole football club, really. You know, how, how proud I am of the first 12 days in charge. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Insta for all of the latest news here in Kent. And you can also subscribe to get the latest editions of the KM newspapers and get exclusive content with Kent Online Digital Plus. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.